This episode is brought to you by freedadcourse.com. You are always one conversation away from changing your life, and the power of hello is something that I subscribe to every single day, and I'm always saying hello to new people everywhere I go. Increasing your opportunity, increasing your connection, and getting access to the solutions to the problems that you are facing, whether you're on active duty or just beginning your veteran transition or even transitioning out for 20 years. On the other side of hello are the solutions that you're looking for. Again, head on over to freedadcourse.com. Get your five-episode audio course to create more connection, create more friendships, and get back to living the life that you're trying to design. Dory 1, this is Fire Team Delta. Dad's coming home. Welcome to the Military Veteran Dad Podcast, where it is our mission to bring every dad home. I am your host, Ben Colloy. I'm a United States Marine veteran, husband, and a father. We will bring authentic conversations to inspire action in your life so we can close the gap between the dad you are today and the dad you want to be tomorrow. This is the Military Veteran Dad Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Military Veteran Dad, episode 21. It's hard to believe I've been doing 21 episodes of these, and we're only in beginning of May when I record this episode. And just in January 1st is when this movement started and reflecting on how far it's come, how many people I've been connected with as I, since I started it, and how many times the universe has proven that I just need to keep moving in order to find purpose in life. In today's episode, I want to quick share how myself and Phil came together because it's another example of how you never know why people put or why the universe puts you together until that one moment happens and you're like, this is why. So Phil and I first got introduced to each other about three years ago, I think. And it was because I commented on a person's high school or a person I went to school with in high school post on Facebook. Another friend that I also went to high school with saw that, that I hadn't talked to since high school almost. So we're talking probably 10 years. And he and I connected and we're messaging back and forth. And he's like, oh man, you need to know these people. And he connected with me a few people in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, one of them being Phil. Me and him talked, message back and forth for a little bit. We're talking heavily and sometimes and then go silent for a few months. And we really hadn't talked to each other for a long time. And then during, when I launched the podcast, I was like, you know what? I need to reach back out to Phil. And we reached back out and brought him on the podcast. And boy, oh boy, he didn't disappoint. And it just proves that so much of our transition isn't a process. It's not a plan. It is just simply moving, just consistently moving towards something. Even if you don't believe that that's the right something, even if it's something that you can at least create a goal around and move towards, just move towards it. This introduction was simply because I was blogging online. That was it. I didn't have a podcast. I didn't even have the idea for a podcast. Maybe I had the nervousness to try to start one, but it hadn't moved past the fear stage in my mind yet. Just keep moving. That's all we need to do. And just keep talking, 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 talking. If I could go back and give myself any advice, even just two years ago, start talking sooner, start talking more often, because there are so many people within a few degrees of separation that you know that know someone that could literally change your life. But until you start talking about anything, doesn't matter, dad life, kid life, work life, sport life, just keep talking. 
because when we keep talking, we find out that what we're going through isn't only us. And I think as veterans, especially as military veteran dads, active duty and veteran, that idea that we're the only ones having these thoughts is so important to kill that idea. Because the sooner you can kill that, the sooner you can start taking steps to come home. And in this episode, we just, it's just an all around good episode about life, military, raising kids. He's got four kids. He, he's just had another fourth kid. He's, he's living in a bit of pressure cooker. He's got four kids under five, I believe. It's just crazy this the amount of connection that you can have just by having a conversation. And today's episode doesn't disappoint. Just like to remind you, you can go ahead and follow me on my on my social handles. I'm on Instagram at Ben underscore Kaloy, K-I-L-L-O-Y. Military Veteran Dad's on Instagram at, at Military Veteran Dad. My Twitter at, at Ben Kaloy. Facebook as well, just under Ben Ben Kaloy. And we also just recently, two weeks ago, launched our Facebook group. We're at Military Veteran Dad, where we are bringing dads together to do life together, to understand that we aren't alone, and to share the load, as I've talked about, that we're not meant to carry everything life gives us. And so much of what we have to do to come home is recognizing it's not meant to be carried all by yourself. So stop on over to the Military Veteran Dad Facebook group. There's a link in the show notes to make it quicker for you. Can't wait to see you in there and have some amazing conversations about these episodes. We are just getting started. So it's nice and warm and cozy in there. There's no loud craziness in some, in some other Facebook groups. And without further ado, I just want to get right into this episode because it is that good and I don't want to make you waiting. Welcome to episode 21 of the show. Today's guest is a good friend I was introduced a few years ago by a friend I went to high school with. When I reflect back on some of the people I get to call friends now, most have come from the most random acts I've taken. And that is a good lesson in life. We just need to keep moving, trust the process, and keep our eyes open for opportunity and for friendship. A good friend is like a four-leaf clover, lucky to have and hard to find. Bill O'Black is a dad of three, soon to be four kids. And I remember when I first met him, he just had two. It's been amazing watching him and his family grow through the magic of Facebook over the years. He is a Marine Corps veteran who served from 2005 to 2010. And he now resides in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, just a few minutes from where I live, in Janesville, Wisconsin. Works with sports medicine and high school athletes. Philip, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Ben. Go ahead and fill any gaps in that intro and tell a little bit more about what your family looks like right now. Okay, yeah. So I've been married to Christina, my wife, for eight years now. And I can give you a little background on that story if you'd like. Sure. Otherwise. Love the good kid. No one shared the really uh, how they met their wife story yet. So you can, you can oh, bring yeah? it for us. Yeah, happy to do that. I guess before I get into that, um, got a six-year-old boy, Micah, a three-year-old um, son, Miles, and then our daughter, she just turned one, and that's Mia. So three M names and soon to be a fourth. And it's a, we have a fourth boy or a third boy on the way in July. So looking forward to that. Do you have the name but, or you just know it's going to be an M name? Uh, yeah, we do have a name picked out. There's, we're picking from like three or four of them, but yeah, we, we've narrowed it down to two, I'd say at this point, but I'm not going to reveal it here saying, yet. It sounds like a <laughs> But yeah, so Christina and I, um, like I'm, like you mentioned um, in the intro, I was in the Marine Corps from 2005 to 2010. And before I went into the Marine Corps, um, we were going to this college age ministry thing at through um, the church that we went to. 
and I didn't really know Christina well, but I was introduced to her a couple times there and didn't really know her too well. And then went into the Marine Corps, didn't keep in touch or anything. Social media wasn't um, what it was today back then. Yeah, MySpace didn't really cut the, cut it compared <laughs> to what we have today for connection. No. But Facebook became more popular as I uh, progressed through my enlistment and we reconnected on there and just um, started chatting occasionally. And then those occasional chats turned into longer discussions, started talking on the phone, but I was in Hawaii and she was um, back here in Wisconsin. So it was just kind of a long distance friendship. And then um, came home on leave a couple of times and I guess you'd consider them dates, but we went on a couple of dates while I was on leave and I'd always have to go back to Hawaii. So didn't really uh, turn into anything until I got out of the Marine Corps, ended my enlistment and came home, but she was dating somebody after I got out. So, but this guy, he was a real jerk and treated her like crap. And um, I ended up asking her to go on another date while she was still dating this guy. And long story short, she had a kind of a choice to make. Was she going to stay with this jerk or this Marine? <laughs> so now we're, we've been married for eight years. So I guess you can figure out what decision she made there. Did it one like you had to try like twice or was it like you asked once and then she really just started uh, thinking about it and like, this is a no brainer. Well, yeah. So I was, I was kind of wishy-washy when I was in Hawaii with, um, with her so she was pretty um forthcoming that she wanted it to be more than just a friendship when i was in hawaii but i just wasn't ready to make that commitment being over there and she being here so after i got home she there was still interest there in her end but she had been dating that guy so i i wasn't sure what what to make of it if i was going to ask her on a date what she'd say but she did she said yes and way to start and that evolved from there exactly talk about one of those moments where you can either put up or shut up and your your want your moment uh, completely pivoted your life into where you are today yeah definitely i like that story and how long did you get uh dating before you got married not long at all um started dating in september of 2010 and then we were engaged in march of 2011 so like what six months or so we were engaged after we started dating and then we got married about five months after that she must be pretty special that you thought you had to anchor it down before she started if she, if, before she got away on you again <laughs> yeah she is i like that so how long how long were you married before you started having kids well our plan was to wait a couple of years do some traveling and just have some fun as a as newlyweds but you know how plans go um, we had Micah, so he was born in 2013, January. So that was about a year and a half after we got married. So really shortly after we got married, we found out she was pregnant and yeah. So everything just started getting going fairly quickly and you haven't and stopped yet. That's in our relationship. Yep. <laughs> Make a decision or something happens and we just, uh, yeah, things come at us quickly. Did you intentionally put your life on hold to date while you were serving? Or was it just more of like timing that you just never felt like the right girl was over there? Or was it intentionally that way you, you did it? 
Um, I had a couple of longer distance relationships before. Um, I guess I wasn't in a long distance relationship with Christina, but because I had been in a couple of long distance relationships, I didn't really want to, they didn't really work out and I just didn't really want to do that again. So yeah, I guess it was intentional. Uh, there were a couple of not so serious relationships that I was in while I was in the Marine Corps, but didn't really see them as, them as wife material after I got to know them better. When I was in Okinawa, there was uh, just, just observing like their families go through a lot, especially when they get stationed over there with their, their spouse. And I just knew that that what the military family life wasn't for me. And it actually, it was the right idea. But then I, when I got transitioned out, I didn't necessarily, I got felt like I was really, really behind. So then I felt like I needed to catch up on dating and, and then just kind of like kept running and then got married. And then we had kids really quick. And if I could do it over, I would have done the same things. I would have just gone a whole lot slower to enjoy that, that time with my wife and just to, because she was in school at the time and right when she graduated, we started having kids and it was just always one major life event after another. And it was never a good time to just slow down and say, let's just be us for a little bit. Yeah, that's, I totally understand that. That sounds pretty similar to us too. And you don't realize it because you, you get, you think, and everybody else is doing it. So it's easy just to feel like it's normal. Uh, but you really, you're, you're sacrificing a lot until that 18 year mark when they start to go off on your own where, and it's even not even 18 because depending on how many kids, you got to get them all out of the house and you can. Yeah, 20, 25 years. Yeah. And there's those, uh, those twenties are something we never get back. And I feel like we don't spend enough time in our twenties just figuring out who we are as well, which I feel like some, like even for myself, I'm in, I'm 34 and I spend a lot of time just feeling a little bit lost because I never really slowed down to figure out where I fit into the world either when I got out of the military. Yep. I get that. And I, I'm, I question sometimes if even when we're 50, we'll truly understand that. I mean, I've talked to several people that are much older than you and me, and sometimes they say, say similar things to that. So I think it's life's just kind of a journey where you're constantly evolving and growing, hopefully. And I don't know if you ever truly fully understand who how you fit in or like what your where your place is but yeah i totally get how you're feeling so if you have three kids about to have four when you come home to your family now post-service what does that mean to you what does that look like sorry can you repeat that you you have you're going on four kids and you have three now when you come home to your family now what does that look like what does the words coming home to you mean you mean to you now yeah I think I understand your question um obviously coming home back when I was in the Marine Corps I was coming home and so I was single at the time coming home and I was coming home from a deployment back to where I was stationed in Hawaii and that was such a relief to come back to a place where you know you're you're safe you don't have to wonder if you're going to wake up in the morning um, I had the freedom to do what I wanted essentially besides the obligations to your duty or to your command. But yeah, now it's, it's coming home from a long day at work. I get the kids running to the door screaming, daddy, daddy. And yeah, it's uh, like my three-year-old running. It is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know if that answers your question or not, but it's. When you come home now, what does do you have like a, a plan in your head or are you just kind of fly by the seat of your pants? 
and see what the kids need or what your wife needs or yeah typically when i'm coming home from work so i work kind of a unique schedule with being at a high school so a lot of times i'm coming home at eight eight thirty when the kids are either in bed or just getting ready for bed and christina's getting ready to tuck them in but if I'm home a little bit earlier and they're not in bed yet, like I said, they're running to the door screaming, daddy, daddy. And I, I just, on my way home, I just try to unwind and, um, put the, keep work at work and allow them to have my full attention so that those last few minutes before bed, we can have some fun playtime, whether it's wrestling with the boys or, um, dancing with Mia or whatever the case is. So if you don't get that time when you come home at night, what do you do to connect at other times of the day? Yeah, so I'm up at usually five every day. Uh, I'd like to do some reading in the morning and then my three-year-old gets up at like 5.30 and we're either watching cartoons or reading a book in the morning and then Mia, she gets up shortly after that. So I spend the morning with the kids. I, I'm pretty lucky with my job to have um, the hours I do in, in the sense that, yeah, I sometimes miss their bedtime or supper time, but with Mia and Miles. Mike is in school, but with the little ones, I get the morning most days until about lunchtime to spend with them. So going on walks with them, um, reading to them, playing with them. I'm pretty fortunate in that sense to be able to spend quite a bit of time with them in the mornings. What's something that you struggle with as a dad? Oh man, a lot of things. (laughs) Where to begin? Uh, patience is definitely probably the the biggest struggle. Um, and then guilt later on about losing my patience oftentimes. So, I mean, you know how it is having kids trying to, yeah, there's some of that. Yep. Feeling guilty. Especially if you know better. Like that's what really eats you alive is when you, you have the awareness of what's right and wrong and then you make a unconscious decision to do it differently. And then you're like, oh man. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, yeah, Mike, our six-year-old, he's a, just a really smart kid and he really has been since he was really small. And sometimes I forget that he's still a little boy in the way that I, um, will yell at him at times. And I, I got to remind myself that he's still a little boy. And he, even though he's really smart, I've got to have more grace there. Mm-hmm. My daughter is really smart as well, but her ability to understand her emotions is it's just, it's just unregulated wild roller coaster and everything is just either a nine or a 10 or a zero and mm-hmm. just trying. And sometimes she understands things too well. Like you try, I try to give her some simple piece of advice and then it'll backfire because then she'll repeat it to me in a way that I didn't intend it to. And even something as simple as like treat other people like you want to be treated. Like if I'm disciplining Dylan, she'll say, well, why are you doing that? Why you, you, you want to treat them like that? And it'll be the same thing. Like she used that piece of advice against me. And I'm like, that's not how I meant that advice to come out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's funny. The things that they pick up on and then use it against us. Huh? Do you, uh, do you have any intention with your sons to just help them understand who they are as, as, as boys and trying to, to raise them as men? Do you have any methodology in your head? As of yet, or are you just trying to keep them alive from killing each other? <laughs> yeah, a lot of days you feel like a referee trying to break up fights. But yeah, certainly I I uh, grew up in a Christian household and faith is still really important to me. There was a time before I joined the Marine Corps that I definitely 
strayed away from my faith and went down some um, horrible paths that I I guess I would change. I wouldn't do those things again if I could go back, but just because it's kind of shaped who I am now. But I definitely am not proud of the, some of the things I've done in my past with getting involved with drugs and um, just other situations that I got myself into with the law and whatnot. But um, so where I'm going with that is uh, I just getting back to my faith um, as I uh, got into the Marine Corps and throughout that time afterwards, um, just building their character and their values, Christian based values, just have it being men of integrity and um, being men of their word. Those are the types of things that are super important to me. So just trying to teach them different lessons. Like I don't really want, I just don't, I don't want little robots that are constantly behaving just to get them to do what I want them to do. Like I want them to understand like why it's important to um, be respectful and obey what mom and dad are saying. And um, is there a story or an example you could share with us of where your son was a certain way and you tried to move him the other way or refocus his mind in the, the right context. Yeah. Let me, let me think of one really quick. Um, trying to think of the example from this morning. So uh, Micah, he was, what was going on? He was doing something with his brother or, Oh, okay. Yeah. So him and I were doing something with this little army guy that he was playing with. And uh, from Mia's birthday party a couple of weeks ago, there was a helium balloon in the house still, and it was still floating in the air because of the helium. And he was trying to tie different things to the balloon to keep it weighted down so that it wouldn't fly up to the ceiling. And long story short, so I suggested that, that he put the, um, put the army guy on the string to the helium balloon so that it could be like a little parachute for the army guy that it would slowly float down to the ground and um, after he tied it to the balloon and thought that it was so cool and showed mom he's like mom look what I did wasn't that such a great idea I had and <laughs> it's not a big deal it's just a six-year-old like being excited to show his mom about this cool little army guy in a parachute but he knew in his heart that he actually didn't come up with the idea. So I'm like, Micah, I'm like, did you come up with that idea or did I come up with that idea? And he's like, yeah, you did dad. And I'm like, see, I don't really care that I'm not getting the credit for it, but what if your brother, what if you were making like a tent or something, Micah, and your brother went up to mom and said, Hey, Hey mom, look, look at this tent that I made. How would that make you feel? So I don't know if that's a great example, but that's just one little thing. Like I, I try to example. try to just um, build their character. And <laughs> I mean, it's easy for little kids to be deceptive or fib or, but essentially they're lies. And over time, I just don't want those things to get out of control. And it's so much easier to correct it with a soft lie than it is with a hard lie that actually has like consequences or, is somehow more impactful later in life when he's 12, 14 and is less on your, under your supervision and out there doing things on his own. Like 
reminded me what we learned in the Marine Corps and as veterans all together that um, you don't die in the battlefield because you forget how to do the big things. You die in the battlefield because you didn't notice the small things. And yeah, exactly. That little moment, you have no idea what those seeds are going to do later on in life, but that moment theoretically will extrapolate to a future version that he then course corrects and understands that. And you hit on something there that I hit on with my daughter a lot when she's maybe being mean to her brother and sister or someone else, or even just me. I'm like, how does that make you feel inside when you're that way? Like try to identify how, what feelings she feels after she's done something bad and letting her label that. And like, it's usually always negative. And I was like, do you like feeling that way? And I'm like, no, well, like, make choices that make you feel good inside. And it's a, it's a similar idea. It's those little moments that are going to extrapolate into the big ones when you're not there, when they're at a friend's house playing, that you're not going to be there and making sure you grab those little ones when you can is super important. Even just for a, in general, like in the military, where you pay attention to, to stupid details, but those stupid details they make you t- pay attention to are so you don't die in the battlefield. Yep, exactly. You hate it when you're in boot camp doing all these crazy things that you don't understand, and you're like, oh, that's why that happens. Yep. Damn, I hate when there's a reason for things. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I hope he's picking up on that. I'm sure he is. Do you have any uh, future things you want to plan with your boys when they're older? Um, yeah, so I, I mean, I haven't totally mapped it out yet, but at some point, um, when they're around like eight to 10, I may have a few different things at like certain ages. So at like eight, um, kind of like a rite of passage going from like boyhood to manhood, I'm going to have like a few different steps or I don't want to call it initiation, but I don't feel like we as a society do a good job of kind of developing or having like a rite of passage from, um, one step being a boy to the next steps being a young man to a man. And like for you and me, we had, um, we had boot camp that did a good job of molding us from, uh, just a regular citizen to a Marine, but it's almost too do... late in life to, to be, to skip over a lot of pain and suffering in your twenties. <laughs> Still a little bit. Trying yeah, to absolutely. And grow up in, do you ever follow Ryan Mickler of order a man? Yeah, that's actually, um, he was my dad did something similar to that when I was, uh, in the last few weeks he's been doing it with his boys. Yep. So I, my dad did something similar to what he's doing with his boys when I was younger. And, um, yeah, it just reminded me of that when I heard Ryan's podcast recently. So I don't know if I'm going to do like a weekend thing or what yet, but it's going to be, um, something where we go out and just have one-on-one time with me and one of the boys at a time. So once Micah turns eight, we'll have a weekend where we probably go um, out hiking somewhere and have some challenging tasks where he's got to complete these tasks to, to earn something and um, have some mentally difficult tasks where I could see him wanting to give up at times, but he's got to forge through and uh, complete those certain physically demanding and mentally demanding tasks. And then, We'll just have some good conversation, hopefully around a fire or something like that, and um, just kind of help him see that there's there's more to just being a boy than like playing and um, sitting in a classroom and 
there's a specific reason that uh, each of us are here and I want him to just be a confident man when he gets to that point. I think you're hitting on a lot of good points and there's one for that I've where I, I feel like where I struggle the most is I never really figured out how to fit into this world and spent a lot of time, even mostly just in my thirties felt like I was lost in my twenties, but I want to, I, I'm convinced that in order to figure out how you fit into this world, you need to get out of your life to see how you fit into your life and going on those one in one trips of anywhere in the country, just you and him and just exploring life, even as a family, like doing more vacation, do more experiential stuff, seeing the, the world, having a worldly view, like you shouldn't be 18 years old before you cross the United States borders, that you should really be able to see the depth of the world before you enter it to understand even the, the, the better perspective of how you fit into it. Because you don't, we don't have all the answers in America, even though we like to think we do. But having that just weighted depth view of how you fit into it and what you have for take for granted in almost every day that we are as Americans and you shouldn't have to serve to get that perspective. So I'm always, I'm my oldest is still seven. So I still got some time, but I'm convinced that we are going to do some epic trips to Australia, probably some Southeast Asia of just seeing poverty, seeing completely in a completely different world. Maybe if I get really bold, uh, even India, because I've always been fascinated. All I've, all I've heard about India is people come back and saying, like, people are have nothing there, and everyone has a smile on their face. Yep. And I think there's a lesson to be learned somewhere in India. I'm not sure exactly where, I'm not even exactly sure what, but I know learning to be happy with what you have and learning how to be content with what you have is something that we definitely need more of as Americans because... Target doesn't have the solutions to our happiness despite marketing. And Amazon doesn't have the solutions to our happiness despite what they can deliver in two days anywhere in the country. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, yeah, that just reminds me. I mean, you could go to India or you could go to another uh, country like a, like a Haiti or uh, the Dominican Republic. We went, Christine and I went to the Dominican Republic uh, a few years ago. And um, again, I mean, they don't have the wealth that we have here in America. They don't have, most of them don't have cell phones or I take that back. A lot of them do have cell phones, but don't, they don't have the high speed internet connections in their, um, in their homes. They're still hanging their laundry outside on, on lines. They don't have running water, but yet they, yeah, they all have smiles on their faces. And um, even the Philippines, yeah, we, I went to the Philippines on a month deployment and just the humility and the humbleness of seeing kids on the street, going to the bathroom and, like it's and living in tin houses, like that's an important perspective for men and girls to understand how they fit into the world to help solve what problems we have in this world into what everybody wants to do, but really ever takes the action to make it a better place. For sure. Because as you get kids into those environments, they're going to see things that adults can't see. And those are going to spark things in their life that we'll never know until they start living their own life. And um, in the podcast, we always talk about legacy and I'm convinced a lot of problems transitioning are related to legacy for veterans that we spend all of our attention and focus figuring out the legacy of our service, why someone died, why we lived, what the purpose of all that was. 
in reality is as a dad, we have the ability to shape our biggest impact on this world, which is our kids. And if we use the leadership principles of being a, a dad or being a military veteran and what we learned in the military, we can help lead them to do great things in this world. And that serving in a different way, I think is that shift, I think is the biggest thing that I've learned so far in 21 episodes of the, of the podcast that focusing on the future and where our best impact can be made while we serve, which is our kids. And that's something I'm convinced and focused on important with just being more intentional with my kids and making sure they have what they need to be good adults. Absolutely, man. I'm totally on the same page with you on that. When you hear the word legacy, do you have anything in mind that comes to mind of what you want the O'Black legacy to be? Yeah, definitely. Um, so my dad, he was, he grew up with a pretty rough upbringing, abusive, um, abusive mentally and physically parent. Both of his parents were, uh, came, he grew up in an alcoholic, with alcoholic parents. So yeah, they're physically and abusively, physically and mentally abusive. And um, I'd say he did a pretty good job of cutting the that line of abusiveness. Um, I mean, obviously he wasn't perfect, but I wasn't getting mentally or physically abused or anything like that. Um, and from that point forward, I feel like um, the old black lineage could, it kind of just pivoted and it's going in a different direction. I want to uh, hand that down to my sons and then their sons and just be men of integrity of their word those types of things that I mentioned earlier. And so for me to do that, I have to be a man of integrity and a man of my word and show them how to treat a woman by the way that I'm um, treating Christina, pursuing my wife, um, not just providing financially and um, yeah, not just providing financially for them, but more importantly, spending time with them I mean that's the that's the type of thing that they're going to remember it's not the gifts that I gave them it's not the um the, the money I'm bringing home or the time I'm spending away from them to try to bring money home they're going to remember all those moments that I'm spending with them so that's really what that's a struggle I think we all as all of us as men face is we're trying to provide financially and sometimes we use the excuse of well I'm working extra hours so that I can uh, provide more and then we lose sight of what's really important. And that's a big struggle that I have too. It's not um, just kind of stepping back at times and realizing, okay, I don't need to take those extra few hours this time. I, I need to spend more time with the family. And I think uh, the dads of our generation grew up in the, the factory mindset or the eight to five and like a little bit of leftover, like leave it to beaver mindset but at the same time they recognize they could do more but they had a finish line i feel like of where they needed to, to cross every day and i feel like as maybe it's because life is getting not necessarily easier but we're having more time to be intentional that it's not so much of a rat race to, to stay ahead um that we're being able to shape our lives differently to and it sounds like you're like uh when uh, Dave Ramsey always talks about getting debt free, he always talks about changing your family tree forever when you become debt free. And we became debt free last, last summer. And like 
that will forever shape our family tree. And now that is going to allow us to expand it in ways that we would never have been able to. It would, the, the tree is no longer under distress. It's, it's no longer under drought half the, half the year. It's no longer under pressure to try to survive during Christmas. It's now able to thrive 365 days of the year. And it sounds a little bit like that's what you're trying to do with the old black name. Yep, exactly, man. And I think just you, you hit on a lot of good points there of that our kids are looking to us for an example, and they're always watching. No matter what you think they're doing, they're watching that you no longer work out as a veteran dad that got out of the military that was fit and no longer is. Like That's something they're watching. They don't understand it, but they're watching of what's right and wrong. And I started a gym habit last March, and um, – my kids know that every morning I'm going to the gym and that's where I'm at. And that's, I'm not home when they wake up because I'm at the gym. Like that's going to be something that they remember of something that should be done. And now that I'm setting that example, that will ingrain in them. And even at night we have fun when we do pushups with the family in the living room. Like I have no idea what that's <laughs> awesome. going to do for them as, as a family or as, in their future, but having some connection with pushups and fun is definitely not going to do any harm to them. Will do more good yep. than me because I hated push-ups and probably still hate them just because the Marine Corps makes you do so many damn of them. But <laughs> and you being a fitness guy, I'm sure that you've that's something that you try to set an example for your family as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, to be honest, I haven't really thought of it that way, but that's a really um, good way to think about it. I mean, just tying it in with having fun and. Yeah, with having two boys, I mean, they're running around so much anyways, and we have this little trampoline thing in the living room within their playroom area, and they're always jumping up and down on it while they're they're watching shows, and we're always wrestling and stuff, so it's, a lot of it's kind of built in. But yeah, have, just being physically active and having fun while doing it, that's, that's what it's all about. We did a Facebook Live in a, a dad's group I'm a part of just to be fun and to get them excited and to say that they're on Facebooks. And, and even in that example, like as a family, we are now – helping other people wake up to maybe what they weren't seeing and like you can have exercise and be a family at the same time like anybody that says they can't have exercise or fitness just isn't framing it correctly they're just framing it in a perfect way to be an excuse but not really a way to move past it yep and as a health coach i'm sure you've run into that multiple times where the excuse factory is is a uh, full board and running two shifts of reasons why they can't find time to to get their health insurance <laughs> Yep, definitely. So every episode, we try to share some simple time hacks. And I'm a big believer that kids build love T-I-M-E. And you talked about it, that it's time that they appreciate the most, not things. What are some of the simple things that you've done or a memory that you've made with them that you're like, that you can't believe that's the one they remember, but that's what they remember and always want to do more of? I should probably ask Micah what his favorite memory is. Miles, he's a little bit too young. Um, That's another good uh, question I've, I've used with my daughter. It's like, what do you want to do more with daddy? Which is something we don't think about, but it's super simple. And the answers are always even 3,000% simpler than we think they are. Uh, yep. And it's the best way to make immediate action because it's exactly what they want. You don't have I mean, I don't know specifically what it is, but I, I do know that he just values one-on-one -on -one time. So even just playing like a little board game or uh, going on a walk or doing something just one-on-one -on -one with him, just spending even just 20 minutes doing something with him, those are the types of things that uh, he values the most. And I'm 
just being around a lot of kids. I, I know that's what most of them would say too. Your oldest so, is in school now, right? Yep. He's in kindergarten. Do you, uh, do you take him to school or does he ride the bus? Yeah, I take him to school each day. It's nice out. We take a walk with the other two little ones and cause we're like half a mile from the school, but otherwise with this weather lately, it's usually driving. Yeah, the weather in here in Wisconsin has definitely been on re- re- reboot. And even just yesterday, we had two inches of snow on the ground in the middle of April. Uh, with blue screen. <laughs> yep. We tried loading. Uh, the, I was super excited. My daughter started a new school this year. And I'm the, I dropped her off in the morning at early school care. And there's a diner right across the street. And I love breakfast. And I was like, oh, this is going to be amazing. So I think maybe like twice a month. We spend, uh, go out for breakfast in the morning before dropping off to school. We leave like maybe 20 minutes early, we get a little bit later to early care, but it's not really school hasn't started. So we're not missing anything. Uh, but those one-on-one times like are even more impactful than I actually thought of because uh, a few weeks ago I was by myself. My wife uh, went on spring break to Florida and I was like, oh, I'll take all three kids with me to breakfast. And I was going to take them where we go, me and my daughter. And, oh man, she lost it. Like I was intruding on like that one in one space that we had. Yeah. And I was like, okay. So then I tried shifting, sh- shifting and pivoting. And we went to a different restaurant in the same town ended up being a disaster for her. Mostly just wasn't there for her. And the other two kind of enjoyed it, but they weren't as excited, but like that little bit of time every morning that takes a little bit of energy. Even just this past week, I went to uh, have lunch with my daughter. Like that was huge for her. And just spending 15 minutes there and during the day and meeting her friends and looking them look at me as their hero. And then Sophia gets to call me dad. Like that's a huge moment that those kids remember. And they remembered about her and they remember that her dad was the one that showed up during lunch that day. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I guess the one thing that we probably all struggle with and it takes away from that time that we do have with the kids when, when we're not working or, um, on the weekends or whatever is our phones. I mean, if we can just set those aside when we have that that time to be present with our kids and our wife, th- that's the biggest thing. I mean, I don't want my kids to be like, hey, why are you always looking at your phone when you could be spending time with me? And I mean, I'm guilty of it. I do it way more than I should, but that's such a big hindrance in spending quality time with our kids. I did read an article. I don't know whether it'll come true or not, but it kind of gave me hope that every generation of kids always tries to do whatever they didn't enjoy from their parents. Um, if, it, if whatever the app, whatever you didn't get enough of, that's what you tried to be more of when you're a parent. And so if your parents were on their phone all the time, the theory was that that would pass down to their kids, then they would try not to be as well because they knew what that felt like and they were going to do better. So there is hope. And even something for me, as I was doing this podcast, it's a little bit easy to get, uh, sucked into Facebook were engaging in different places on the internet and talking about the podcast on the the weekends and at night I delete the Facebook app. I probably install it probably 20 times a week on my phone. You can't install it on the cellular network. So it, you can't just hack on into it from a random place. You got to be in Wi-Fi, and you, so it's got to be in the right moment. Um, but just uninstalling it completely removes the idea that I can do anything. And I still got Messenger, so the I can still talk and do different things with that but I uninstall the app to overcome that because if it's there then somehow it still has power to pull me in but if it's gone then I don't that's a good idea and if who cares if I install it a million times a month 
And it's just me, my method to, to manage it efficiently. Yep, exactly. I love that. And so much of what we model for our kids is what they're going to seek out into the world. So how we treat our wife, how we show up to our kids, that's the standard that that's the gold standard they go out into the world to look and match from your daughter, from what a man should provide, what a man should do, what is acceptable for a man to do and provide. Those are things that we don't think about until it's too late. When your daughter brings home this boyfriend, you're like, where the hell did he come from? Well, it mm-hmm. probably came from some example that you said when you didn't really think about it, that that's what she was supposed to go out and find. Yeah, totally. And I, uh, I think once we have kids as parents, we often can neglect our marriage or not neglect it, but it's kind of a, we overlook things that we wouldn't have early on in our marriage, whether it's um, setting aside date nights a couple times a month or um, just saying how we appreciate our, our spouse or leaving little notes. It's so easy to prioritize our kids. We think it's, it's, we think it's the right order kids and then spouse, but your kids will leave. It's guaranteed, but your spouse isn't. And it's important to remember that order that you don't want to be a stranger when they leave because that's when it's over and you're just like, I don't know you anymore and I want to go try something different. And it's, it's even, I think as, as active duty dads, it's even more because we get stuck on that our service is a noble sacrifice and that, but in reality, it's just a job. You're just a number. It has an expiration date. It's going to end, but what you've created in your legacy and your family is never going to end. It's going to be there forever. It's not a credit card that you can borrow from. It's something that you have to intentionally figure out ways to, to balance it. And even if you're deployed for a year, then you need to consciously figure out how to re-come back home to make sure that you're not just prioritizing your service and looking forward to the next TAD because when you got home, things were so crazy that you couldn't stand it and being like, oh man, I'm going away in another month, thank God. Like That's not a successful mindset to live a fulfilled life as a dad or have kids that go out into the world and don't rubber band back into your basement. Exactly. What's a parting piece of advice you want to leave for dads today? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, if you could wrap up your three kids about to be four wisdom into a few sentences. Yeah, I think it's what, it goes back to what I was talking about earlier with as men, we, we focus so much of our energy and efforts on, um, our careers providing for our family and sometimes using the excuse of because I'm providing financially that that makes up for maybe not being around or spending um, that intentional time with our kids or our wives. But really that's our, our main purpose is um, being there physically and emotionally and um, not just the, the financial support, but um one example that I'll give here is, so when I'm coming home, this is kind of going off a little bit off topic a little bit, but so when I come home from work and the kids are all up still and Miles and Micah, they run to the door saying, daddy, daddy, and Mia, she smiles and starts flailing away like a little one-year-old does. I make sure when I walk into the house that 
the kids all see me give Christina a kiss first and Mia, she'll look at me like, what are you doing? Why are you overlooking me? But I want them to know that Christina, she's, I need to be pursuing her first and setting the example there. And yes, the kids are the next most important thing to me, but pursuing my wife is the, the number one most important thing. Like you said, when the kids are gone, yeah, they're still my kids and I will support You'll them till the day they die. But my wife is still my priority. And um, so, yeah, I like that. That's a, that's a very big nugget and good perspective for me. Cause I get the right at the door and um, it's like what we just were talking about, setting the clear example of modeling what's right for a man to do. And they won't even probably ever figure it out, but they'll subconsciously know the difference later in life. For sure. Yep. And they probably won't even know why they're doing it in a certain way when they're older. But in reality, it was just, it was just the way they learned. That's the way it always was. It was never anything different than the way that you represented it. Yep. Do you have any resource or a book that's your favorite that you'd recommend other military veteran dads? Um, yeah, the one that pops into my head right off the bat, there's, there's a lot of good books out there, obviously, but, uh, Wild at Heart by John Eldridge, that, that'd be one that, not I've just heard military that many podcasts. I haven't read it yet, but I've heard John talk on many podcasts and that book is a, uh, definitely a big, uh, book just to connect with your soul almost and figure out. The, put, what I think he does really well is he puts labels to feelings and desires that you really didn't know how to frame in a, a sentence and to understand For sure. their, what they're meaning, even just the adventure that he always talks about and that we need adventure in our lives as men. But very rarely do you ever hear a man talk like that, but you have that feeling. And once you like have someone talk like that, it's like, oh, wow that's what I've been feeling or that's that desire that I just couldn't put my finger on. Absolutely. And I mean, most of us as modern day dads, men, we go to a job, whether it's in an office, most of us aren't working the blue collar jobs anymore in a factory or um, I mean, some of us are, but majority of working jobs that we're not really physically active at. And then we come home and we're sitting on the couch and, a lot of us just aren't fulfilled or like you had mentioned earlier that we're kind of searching for our place in this world. And that book just kind of goes into how as men, we're, we're always seeking the next adventure. And if we don't have that adventure in our lives, whether it's pursuing um, a woman or wives or uh, pursuing whatever that adventure is, there's a reason that when we're out on a hike or out exploring somewhere, um, or like when we're in the military and we have those moments when things are super scary and we're on a patrol or um, you're on a training operation and things are a little bit chaotic and scary. Those are the memories that we look back on and enjoy talking about because that was an adventure. I mean, that's what us as men, we crave in our lives. And not that we need to go seek um, dangerous situations, but if we're just living a stale Every day is the same day life. I mean, there's a reason that you're a lot of men and military veterans in general are going to get depressed and um, leads to unhealthy habits. So 
Yeah, that book is awesome. It reminds me of, uh, so I, I've always had this adventure in the back of my head and I'm really got, I'm, I don't have a lot of good ideas. I'm just know I'm going to focus on it this summer, but we've had a few nice weeks this week. There was one day, I think it was Wednesday. It was just perfect. There was no wind. It was like 65 degrees as perfect as of a spring night you can get in Wisconsin. And, uh, I was by myself. So I just had three kids and we went out for a walk and, there's a not, not a big subdivision, but there's enough sidewalk to go for a walk. And we you normally ride the bikes, and I was like, we're all just going to walk. And I called it an adventure, like, hey, we're going to go on an adventure. And it was just exploring new roads and going down different turns. And the other night, we went on same idea. We went on an adventure, but we went on a different walk. And the kids were deciding where to go. And a couple houses are getting under construction, so there's some gravel areas. And I was kind of taking a random take from the movie Elf with Will Ferrell and he talks like going through the seven land of gummy gumdrops and so I taken that idea in my head and I put it in the adventure of the sidewalk and like okay we're gonna go over the land of small little rocks and <laughs> that's a great idea. Free. like that's they just ate it up like freaking a Christmas morning and they've all been talking this weekend about going on another adventure and it wasn't an adventure. It was just going for a walk, but it was how we labeled it and experienced it that created the memory of going on an adventure. And my son loves excavators and there's an excavator behind our house. And I was like, Dylan, look, there's a giant cat in our backyard. How lucky are we <laughs> in the backyard in, out in the wild? It took him a while to figure it out. My oldest figured out that it was just because it said the word cat in the back, but mm -hmm. using their imagination. Like I feel like you, as, when your kids are young, you don't have to have a trip to Wyoming to Yellowstone National Park to have an adventure. It's really about just entering their world and their world, everything new is an adventure, no matter where it's at. For sure. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I like that book and that word adventure has been on my, on my heart and on my mind of just creating different types of adventures that aren't real adventures, but just getting them to, the, to think exciting things about simple things because there's a lot of ways we can enjoy life right where from where we're at, even if we can't do crazy things of getting on a plane and going somewhere crazy or going to a foreign country. Like that has just been a big part of my planning process for this summer to make it epic. That's awesome, man. I love it. Well, Phil, I'm really glad you starved the fear and come onto the podcast. I know we brought some dads home. I know you were a little bit hesitant in the beginning, but I'm glad you did. You told a good story. And, uh, what we learn every time a dad talks is that we're not alone and that every dad has the same thoughts as every other dad. And we just need to come together and share the load and we can do life together and be successful. Absolutely. Yeah. I think as men and as dads, we get so busy with our own stuff, whether it's well with work and the kids and everything that we kind of isolate ourselves and think that we're the only ones going through this stuff. And it's definitely not the case. We all have the same, feelings on going through this stuff it's hard and crazy and awesome all at the same time so yeah yep well phil thank you for coming on the show and uh it's been really good talking to you yeah thanks for having me ben that's a wrap and thank you for listening to today's show and i really hope you enjoyed it the lifeblood of any new podcast are the reviews. If you haven't reviewed the podcast yet on iTunes, I would really appreciate it and you will help us get the message out to even more military veteran dads. As John Maxwell says, if there is hope in the future, there is power in the present. Dads, it's time to come home.